Welcome to You News, the podcast using the power of Univision to bring the news that matters to you in English. Today is Monday, October 7th. I'm Andrea Linares, and these are today's headlines. A second whistleblower now coming forward, claiming to have information on the controversial call between President Donald Trump and the Ukrainian president. That call at the heart of a growing scandal. All this as the president tries a new defense, trying to pin the blame. The decision to potentially cut Ukrainian aid on Secretary of Energy Rick Perry. And in New York City, a homeless man now charged in the murder of four other homeless men in a brutal weekend attack. This and much more today on You News, transmitting live from our newsroom in Miami. We begin today with the presidency in peril. Significant new developments, the impeachment inquiry into President Trump. Here's the very latest, what we know at this time. A second whistleblower has come forward claiming to have firsthand knowledge of the president's phone call with Ukraine's president. Trump now blaming his secretary of energy for that Ukraine call, saying he did not even want to make the call. And the House committees investigating the president's actions have now issued new subpoenas to the Pentagon and the Budget Office requesting key documents to be turned over to the committee by October 15th. Meanwhile, some Republicans are using a new strategy to defend the president. President Trump also fighting back against Republicans who have broken ranks and gone as far as criticizing him. Here's Lorraine Cáceres with the very latest. The president is now saying that Rick Perry, the secretary of energy, was the person who convinced him to even have a call with Ukraine in the first place. The Department of Energy confirming the claim. Secretary Perry absolutely supported and encouraged the president to speak to the new president of Ukraine to discuss matters related to their energy security and economic development. But so far, there's no evidence the secretary had anything to do with the president asking a foreign country for a favor. This as he denies claims that he'll be leaving his post in November. I'm here. I'm serving. Uh, they've been writing the story that I was leaving the Department of Energy for at least nine months now, Ziggy. One of these days, they'll probably get it right. But it's not today. It's not tomorrow. It's not next month. Most Republicans have refused to condemn the president's behavior, many saying he was joking last week when he invited China to investigate the Bidens. I don't think it's a real request. I think, again, I think he did it to gig you guys. I doubt if the China comment was serious, to tell you the truth. You really think he was serious about thinking that China's going to investigate uh, the Biden family? But there's a growing number who are speaking out, warning the president he is out of line. Senator Susan Collins says Trump's request to China to get involved was completely inappropriate. But she isn't weighing in on Trump's communications with Ukraine. I don't want to prejudge the evidence. Plus, not all the evidence is in yet. Senator Mitt Romney has been the most outspoken, calling the president's comments wrong and appalling. The president firing back at him this weekend, calling Romney a pompous expletive who is so bad for Republicans. Adding the Democrats are lucky they don't have any Mitt Romney types. They may be lousy politicians, but they stick together. Back in their district, some members in tough re-election fights are getting an earful. Democratic Congresswoman Alyssa Slothkin, who supports the inquiry heckled in Michigan. came out in support of an impeachment inquiry. 
And I wanted you to know for me. For Republican voters, the inquiry is a sham. You feel it's okay to ask foreign governments for help in our elections? Well, hey, what did, what did he ask for? He wanted to know about a criminal act. Meanwhile, the vice president headed to Louisiana this weekend to campaign against John Bell Edwards, the only Democratic governor in the Deep South. Louisiana deserves a Republican governor in the state house. And while we're at it, let's make sure we reelect Billy Nungusser as your lieutenant governor. Thank you, Billy. The White House economic advisor, Larry Kudlow, said today he honestly doesn't know if the president was joking or not about China and clarified that possible investigations into the Bidens have never come under, have never come up during trade talks, insisting they never will. Andrea, back to you. Lorraine, thanks so much for that report. And now to that second whistleblower now coming forward. This person claiming to have firsthand knowledge of the president's dealings with the Ukrainian president, something the first whistleblower, the other one, did not. For Democrats, it's somewhat a victory. A second whistleblower is bringing new revelations to the table, intensifying the impeachment battle over Trump's conduct with Ukraine. We are tremendously dependent on people of courage the first whistleblower's attorney is also representing the second whistleblower. This individual is reportedly a member of the intelligence community and claims to have first-hand information about the president's efforts to push Ukraine to investigate his political rival, Joe Biden, and his son, Hunter. This could mean trouble for Trump, who had repeatedly tried to discredit the first whistleblower for not having direct knowledge of his phone call with the Ukrainian president. He got his information, I guess, second or third hand. But despite the most recent bombshell, the White House is downplaying the news, writing, it doesn't matter how many people decide to call themselves whistleblowers about the same telephone call, a call the president already made public, the White House press secretary says. It doesn't change the fact that he has done nothing wrong. The president seems to feel confident he can survive an impeachment vote if it goes to the Senate. They have no choice. They have to follow their leadership. And then we'll get it to the Senate and we're going to win. The Republicans have been very unified. The president's personal attorney, Kay Seculo, says that the latest whistleblower does not change the White House strategy moving forward, claiming that he believes the fact that the second whistleblower is represented by the same law firm as the original one helps the president's political strategy because it, quote, shows the firm is in the business of attacking the president. Two more diplomats will be deposed this week. The U.S. ambassador to the EU and the former U.S. ambassador to Ukraine who was ousted in May. Trump, meanwhile, is hyping rallies this week in Minnesota and Louisiana that are likely to stress his powerful support among his base. And now in other news, a federal judge dismissed a lawsuit brought by President Trump in his effort to block a subpoena issued by the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. And that subpoena targeting eight years of Trump's tax returns rejecting the president's, quote, extraordinary claim that any occupant of the White House enjoys absolute immunity from criminal process of any kind. U.S. District Court Judge Victor Marrero described Trump's argument as a categorical and limitless assertion of presidential immunity. 
And shock here at home and abroad today as U.S. troops began pulling out of positions along the border in northern Syria ahead of an expected invasion by Turkey. The White House press secretary saying U.S. forces will not support or be involved in this Turkish operation. It's not clear whether this means the U.S. will withdraw its 1,000 or so troops completely from northern Syria. The withdrawal marks a major shift in U.S. policy and effectively abandons an American ally in the battle against ISIS. Now to New York, where a 24-year-old suspect is now in custody and charged in the fatal attacks on four homeless people in New York City. This shocking crime now raising vital questions about mental health issues within the homeless population of America's largest city. Fabiola Galindo has much more. It was a killing spree that shook New York's Chinatown. Randy Rodriguez Santos has since been charged with four counts of murder after a psychiatric evaluation and his admission of killing four homeless men. Santos admitted that it was him who used a metal rod to hit five homeless men in the head. Four of them died in the early hours of Saturday. The victims were sleeping when he attacked. The fifth victim survived. I think he had some issues with the mother, but he lives outside, this neighbor told us. Those who knew Santos say he lived in this abandoned house next to her mother's building for three years. They never imagined he would kill others. The mother helped him, but after three days of living together, he will again threaten her and become irate. He has issues. This man in charge of the building says he advised Santos to get psychiatric help. He was always very pensive. Santos had assault charges filed against him in the past. Activists estimate that in the last decade, homelessness had a 60% increase. About 70,000 people sleep in the municipal shelters. Many of them are children. I don't think it discriminates. I think anybody can become homeless. This activist works with Homeless People Services. He says the homicides show the vulnerability of this population. Sometimes it's just, you know, one bad day and, you know, somebody might have lost the only family member they had and then they lost their apartment and they had nowhere to go. They have no family left in the country. Um, so I, I see that a lot, too. Santos is being held without bail until his next court appearance on October 11. If he is found guilty, Santos could face a minimum of 25 years in jail for each one of the four murder cases. Meanwhile, the four victims are still not identified and a fifth one is still hospitalized. In New York, Fabiola Galindo, U News. Turning now to immigration, undocumented immigrants who have been victims of crimes are eligible to apply for what is known as a U visa. The visa not only incentivizes victims of crimes to come forward, but can also put them on a pathway to citizenship. But as David Romo explains, a long delay in processing these types of visas has led a group of applicants to take the government to court. Complaints about delays in the processing of certain visa requests continue to grow. Now a group of victims of violent crimes suit the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services, trying to expedite the processing of so-called U-visas that have delays of up to four years. The only way one can force immigration is filing a lawsuit in federal court with the purpose of having them order immigration service to just do their job. 
The U visa program was created in the year 2000, offering 10,000 visas a year. But due to delays in processing, there's a backlog of more than 250,000 applications. It's because no hay visas disponibles. It's because there are no visas available. So during that time, Immigration Service should issue applicants temporary protection status. Reina Santiago doesn't want to reveal her immigration status, but she says she knows what it's like to live through this anguish of this long wait, especially when you're the victim of a crime. Sometimes you get fired from work because the legal papers expire. It's forcing certain migrant families to work without legal documentation. And that would hurt their case approval in the future and even exposes them to deportation, says this attorney. Yes, the delay hurts us. If we have a permit, it's fine. But now, they are very hard to get. Reported in Los Angeles by Liliana Escalante, David Romo, U News. More of you news after this short break. Imagine a daily newscast that speaks to you about your world in plain English. Each weekday, we partner with Hispanic America's most trusted news source to bring you the stories from home and abroad that matter to you. They don't know when they're going to be able to go back to work. Victims also from Mexico and this mass shooting. Officials in and out of the residence. We're going to continue fighting. You News covers the news of your world and makes it easy to understand. Your news, your world, your news on Fusion. Welcome back to You News. Tributes in both Miami and Mexico City this weekend to musical icon Jose Jose, who died just over one week ago. Jose Jose's youngest daughter says her father will be cremated in Miami, then half of his ashes will be taken to his native Mexico. Romina Leon has a closer look at how fans are remembering the Prince of Song. This weekend in Mexico City, Maria Hernandez got all the way to the bronze statue of Jose Jose in the neighborhood Claveria to say goodbye. She even showed us the autograph from a few decades ago he dedicated to her. I feel very sad because I've been a fan of him since I was 14. I also met him. In all of my life, I have seen him 10 times. I even went to see him when he was losing popularity. Maria was a neighbor of the Principe de la Cancion, or Prince of the Song, and her tears come because she still can't believe that Jose Jose won't come back to Mexico in full body. It was announced he will be cremated before returning to the country where he was born, something that has bothered many. You know what? Let them do whatever they want anyway. Here, we're going to keep on loving him for life and we're going to have him in our hearts. That is why I wanted to come here. It is that this place in the northern part of the Mexican capital has become the mausoleum that Mexicans wished for to honor their idol. Hundreds keep arriving daily to his bronze statue to dedicate him a flower or a prayer. Because these days, the spirit of Jose Jose has been the recipient of hundreds of voices which sing at the top of their lungs and pray for him almost silently. Graciela Rodriguez left him flowers. El, el saber lo que sucedió it causes me a lot of pain to know what happened. I feel pain as if I had lost somebody close to me. 
Therefore, the possibility that only ashes will return to Mexico is bad news for everyone in this neighborhood. Because here, many have proofs of his simplicity and kindness, and the man that he is returned hold to the place where he became a legend. Forgive me, but they're wrong. They're wrong. He should be here because he is ours. He is a public person and he is ours. I hope something can be done. So far, the Mexican authorities have not confirmed the itinerary of tributes Jose Jose will receive in this country. Reported in Mexico City by Jessica Sarmeño, this is Romina Leon for U News. Let's now go to Annabelle Sedano with today's tech report, including a major update to Google Maps. Annabelle. Hi there, and we begin with this. Google Maps is adding an incognito mode. It lets you cut down on recording where you're going or where you've been and pause location sharing. Those won't be saved to your Google account, and the app won't use them to suggest destinations. However, Google says turning on incognito mode in Maps does not affect how your activity is used or saved by Internet providers, other apps, voice search, and other Google services. The feature is available on Android now and coming to iOS pretty soon. Uber's helicopter trips to JFK International Airport are now open to all customers with an Uber account. Those trips start at $200 a person, but don't expect Uber to send a helicopter to pick you up. The service includes an Uber ride to the helipad in lower Manhattan, then an eight-minute helicopter trip, followed by one more Uber ride to the terminal. Yeah, Uber Copter is available Monday through Friday, only during the afternoon rush, and depending on the demand, prices could rise to as much as $225 per person. And finally, just so you know, Amazon doesn't comment on rumors or speculation. That was a comment back from the tech retail giant over reports that pinpoint to not one but two new Amazon grocery stores possibly opening up in the Los Angeles area. The news first, the news first reported by the Wall Street Journal pointed to the company's signing of more than a dozen leases with initial stores likely in Woodland Hills and Studio City. Neighboring tenants have said they've been told it will be an Amazon store, but so far there aren't any obvious signs of one. So it's all hush-hush for now. I'm Annabelle Sedano, and that was your Daily Dose of Tech News. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for listening to You News, the podcast. Don't forget to follow You News on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review. And join us tomorrow for a new episode. Until then.